Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another evening, another Monday evening, where we have this opportunity to reflect upon this call that we have, that we've been entrusted with to witness to our faith in both word and deed. And if you are a faithful listener, you know that what we've been doing here on Monday evenings is uh, focusing on fatherhood. And over the past few weeks... We have been looking at fatherhood from the perspective of what it means to be a father to little ones, to then what it means to be a a father to teenagers. And I am most excited this evening to have uh, Deacon Ray Helgeson with me. I have had him with me before. He is a deacon to St. Thomas More in uh, Paradise. And uh, he is here to talk about what it means to be a father to those uh, post-teenage years, but more collectively, you know, he is a uh, father of 48 years, so he has much to share with us. So Deacon Ray, it is great to have you uh, with us this evening. Thank you, Joe. It's wonderful to be here with you. So Deacon Ray, 48 years. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's quite some time. We were just joking around here before we, we came on air. Um, my oldest son turns nine here next week. So what do we have, a 39-year difference? So I'm here to learn from you tonight. <laughs> well, I think uh, when you asked me if I would... Uh, on your program to talk about fatherhood. It's something that has really resonated in my mind and my heart for a number of years. Um, And I think early on, I've been married to my wonderful wife Donna for Mm. over 40, we're going on 49 years. um, And because of the relationship with her, I really have grown into this whole area of fatherhood. And I you know, we can read about uh, different things we're going to be entering into, but I think fatherhood and I'm sure motherhood would be a, a similar situation where w- when things occur in our lives, like you've talked about raising little ones, raising teenagers, and raising, uh, not raising, but being a father to adults, there's, I, I think it's really a matter of embracing being present Mm-hmm. to what is happening in the lives of our children and responding in a way that is life-giving to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that's really helped me when we were first married for the first six or seven years, my faith was somewhat important to me, but it wasn't at the, it wasn't at the center of my life. Mm-hmm. So I think being a father in those times, there was still the desire to really be a good father for the children and to want for them uh, the best for their lives. But uh, now, you know, a number of years later, faith is so important because I think the combination of faith and fatherhood enables, through the gift of faith, it enables me to really seek the Lord in my life and have him guide me and not do this alone, but do it in conjunction with my wife, and I can talk about the complementarity I see there, but ask him to guide me in really being a good father, a best father for my children, whatever age it may be. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you know, Deacon Ray, as you're talking there, you use the word presence, Mm -hmm. a word that is so invaluable today. We have that great passage that comes to us from John the Evangelist, huh? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. So God enters human history and in the incarnation makes his presence known. And as you use the word life-giving, a presence that is life-giving. And in many ways, our fatherhood is called to share in this presence that is life-giving. But certainly there is um, a particularity that God has given to us in the sacrament of marriage. And ultimately, fatherhood, when you start talking about presence, it was just about two hours ago, uh, someone sent me an email and they wanted to talk about this. And uh, the email was, in essence, for the first time in at least American recorded history, there are more single uh, male adults uh, than there are married adults. And one of the, the reflections that I had out from that was just, um, you know, it's sad, but how something's being missed. And, and that something is what we're talking about. Yes, a marriage, but also, you know, as male adults, what does it mean to be a male? What does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to share in God's own fatherhood? Our fatherhood radiates out of God's fatherhood. And so certainly we are called to enter into that sacrificial dimension. And we do so, as you mentioned, uh, by being present to one another and by being present, certainly again, to our wives, but more collectively, our families. And I've got to imagine, Deacon Ray, on some level that uh, there is a uniqueness to that. I mean, you put it well, we're, we're not we're not so much raising kids, maybe, <laughs> as much as we are just called to be present to them and to witness to our faith um, to them. Yes, I, we've, my wife and I have talked about this quite a bit, uh, all the way back to the 70s, when we noticed kind of uh, somewhat of an erosion, and it didn't start in the 70s, but uh, we were aware of it, of, of an erosion in society that even back then was, in a certain sense, pulling away at families. Uh, And it wasn't so much that we were aware of all the details or the uh, some of the singularities that were occurring, but we were aware of a need for us and our family to really focus on our sacrament of marriage and on our ability to raise our children. This is when our children were young. And at that time, we concentrated, I think with God's grace, because faith was active at this time in our lives, we, consecrate, we concentrated on what was valid, what was of value for our family at the time. Mm-hmm. And this was in, at a time when we were in our 20s, middle, late 20s, when we were pulled in many directions towards a materialism. Mm. And I think it was God's grace that kept us somewhat at bay from grabbing the hook Mm. that materialism offers us. Mm. And in place of that, and I think that only occurs with the gift of faith, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it helps us to see that these other things, even though they're a necessary part of family life, They aren't the most important part. Mm -hmm. And we don't see this unless we are exercising, unless we are striving to make Christ, even if it's a time when we aren't trying to make him center, but we're trying to make him important, 
And it comes to a point when we're trying to make him center. Mm-hmm. But through that, in our minds and in our hearts, both as a husband and wife, we start to see values that are really important. And I think what that does is it creates a sense of stability in the family hmm. because the, the children don't see that. See, they are too young to be able, even when they're young, they're too young to be able to discern what is going on outside. But when they're in the family, if they have, and they're able to experience the stability that the parents have, there's a complementarity that I see. Going back to Adam, Mm. Adam is the one who received the command. So I see faith and fatherhood as the Lord revealing himself, not solely, not in a solitary way, because he does to both, Mm -hmm. but he reveals to the father what it is that will keep stability in the family. Mm -hmm. So the faith and fatherhood really combine in a special way there. Mm. The way I see a complementarity is with the motherhood, and I see these as graces of the sacrament. With motherhood, charity flows through her, her heart. Mm -hmm. And so when you have the father who is really trying to strive to listen to the Lord, trying to strive to listen to his wife, and he knows through God's goodness what is good for the family, then the mother, the wife, is able to, in a certain sense, embellish charity within that. Mm. So when these two functions are occurring, uh, and, and it's not a solitary way, but when they're yeah. occurring in the family, a real hope starts to materialize. Mm. And the stability is there for the children. So as we move on even to teenage years, it becomes more difficult. I could tell stories. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> two of our, I, we have four daughters and a son. And um, I was telling someone uh, recently that one of the ways you can lose your hair and get gray hair quickly is by raising girls. Uh, I love my daughters. Uh, They're wonderful, but there's something about the teenage years and daughters that can really tax both the father and the mother, Mm. and it's done in in our lives. Mm. But even then, when they are trying to find ways and they're going off base, even then the stability that that the mother and father can give and I think it primarily comes through the gift of faith mm-hmm. because Christ is our rock mm-hmm. and he wants to bring that stability, that harmony, that sense of peace in some way into the family. Mm-hmm. And even as the children get older, um, we have this one story of our second daughter, Shelley. Um, and when and when Shelley was younger, through her, going through her teenage years, she was very difficult for me to be a father to. Not, not difficult because I was, uh, was, didn't want to be her father, but she was very challenging. So I would tell her on a regular basis, Shelley, you know, in, in a good tone, when you get to be 18, you know, you, you're going to be on your own and you can do what you want. I didn't really mean it quite like that, but <laughs> what, what I meant was while you're here, yeah. you know, there's one father in the family. Huh. And we need to try, you're an example to your younger brothers and sisters, so you need to be an example. Well, she actually, Shelly actually came into our bedroom on, mm. our, on her 18th birthday at 6.30 in the morning. And she said, Mom and Dad, and she had tears in her eyes. She said, Mom and Dad, she says, I can't live here anymore. And I'm leaving. Mm. She was still in high school. And she, and she left. 
She hmm. actually told she actually told the person that she was asked to live with that her parents had kicked her out and she had nowhere to go. Could she live there? We really were heartbroken. I can hmm. I can get a sense, you know, sometimes we wonder how can our children go awry as they go into their late teens and 20s. The real heartbreak that parents, especially a father and a mother as well, the heartbreak that they feel when their kids start going down a path that makes them very sad. Sometimes we want to respond. We have to be very careful. I think that's when prayer and a suffering, mm. kind of a white martyrdom yeah, yeah. of bringing that to the Lord mm-hmm. and saying, Lord, now I'm starting to see some of the suffering that even God the Father has experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he doesn't have a humanity to it, but no. Christ in his humanity experienced a suffering when people would leave. And I'm glad you bring that point up, Deacon Ray, because uh, I've been in a number of conversations myself. Again, I, I do not have children, you know, in those post-teenage years per se, but I have been in a number of conversations even recently uh, with parents who do, who are experiencing what you're talking about now, and they ask me the question, Why? Okay, well, there's two things, I think, happening here, Um, and and in light of what you have already spoken to as it relates to faith, remembering that faith is first a gift, and its second characteristic is an act, and that act is trust, absolute reliability that that God is in control, as not not as some puppet master, but as a loving Father, and what an incredible gift we've been given on a level, providentially speaking, that God calls us to share in uh, his fatherhood through this kind of suffering. I can't help but think of one St. Monica as it relates to St. Augustine, St. Monica praying. In the end, what we are made to see is that uh, God calls us to share in this suffering. God calls us to share in this. And you had said it, you know, Deacon Ray, prayer. Through prayer, we will be strengthened in lieu of faith, of course. You also mentioned something else, Deacon Ray, that just stood out to me. And as being a man and speaking with other men, you know, you said in a good tone. <laughs> you know, there's an importance. Um, uh, there, it's important to, to remember that as as men and as males that we are called to, we're not called to be angry at our children. We are not called to um, raise our tone all the time because that's the thing to do. You know, there's some some guys out there I know who I've talked with and they, they say, well, it's just what I do. It's who I am. I think we have to be able to challenge ourselves a little bit and enter into that interior dimension, if you will, Deacon Ray, of experiencing a poverty of words, that while we might have words to share, to actually be quiet, to draw back. Yeah, I think uh, I've had, and my my wife could attest to this, before the Lord really came strongly into my heart, I was an angry person, Mm. you know, because of teenage years and not continually angry, but anger was there, and if I wasn't careful, it could come out. And God was able to really heal that to a certain extent, so that I I think it's important, especially as we're talking about post-teenage years, that when something happens, I still feel angry or upset. But once that subsides, I feel sad, and I feel kind of a helplessness. And I think it's so important. And someone may have told me this um, 30 years ago or so when our oldest daughter was 18, not to respond right away. 
Mm. And that's so important because responding right away is almost always, because we love our children, we don't want them to be hurt. So the first response is anger inside me. But I have to be very careful. I can't respond right away. And what has happened many times for me with that was that I was able to allow God to in some way mix his grace with my anger so that I could start to see a little more clearly. One example I have of this, um, we have four daughters. Another daughter, Mary, was as challenging as Shelley was. And Mary wanted to go out. This is when we were back in Ohio. Mary was about 16, going on 26. And she wanted to go out, and she had been put on restriction, and it wasn't time for her to go out yet. So I said, Mary, no, you can't go. She goes, Dad. And she really was in my face, and I was getting upset. Well, that night, I was to serve as a deacon. So I was going to the parish, and I was upset because Mary just pushed me and pushed me, and I was mad. (laughs) But I went, and I was on the altar as a deacon, and so I was still not really angry, but I was frustrated. Mm. So I go through Mass, you know, I proclaim the gospel. I'm driving home, and this little voice, not a voice, but a very clear thought came to me, buy her some flowers. Mm. I used to buy my daughters and my wife flowers, and I said no. So I'm driving home. (laughs) Pretty soon I'm going through Kroger's. Pretty soon I'm walking up to the florist, Mm. and I'm getting these flowers, and I'm I'm not doing it wholeheartedly. Mm. I'm kind of... I'm kind of doing it. So I bring it home, and I had three or four roses with some other things mixed with it. So I come up the stairs, and as soon as I got to the top of the stairs, Mary came out of the bathroom, and we looked at one another, and she saw the flowers. And so I walked up to her, and she gave me a hug, and she started to cry, and she said, I'm sorry, Dad. Mm. And I said, I'm sorry, too. There's something about God's mystery working in a family working with fathers, working with mothers, working with children. One of the things I've learned is to allow his grace to be present. When situations occur that we don't understand, that we get angry about, and another thing you brought up about the whole sense of sin, as the kids get older, I don't see the sin primarily. I know it's there, but I don't see that. Mm -hmm. I see the person Mm. primarily. Amen. And I love the person. The sin is there, but I'm not going to be pushing. We talked about Shelley. All of our children fell away from the church for some time. All have come back. We were actually back in Ohio, and Shelley, the same one who left on her 18th birthday, we still would visit, we still, but she didn't come back to church. Twelve years later, she called on the phone, and she said, Dad, because I'm a deacon, I'm able to baptize. She goes, Dad, will you baptize Alex and Christy? Mm. She goes, something's been going on in my heart, Hmm. and the Lord is calling me back, and I don't want to come back without bringing my two children, your grandchildren, and and my buttons popped off. Hmm. I said, of course, (laughs) Shelly. It took 12 years. Hmm. There's something mysterious about God's grace Hmm. working in families, and the only way we can open ourselves to that grace is through the gifts we're given, through the gift of faith, hope, charity. You know, these are not just something that are poured upon us. It's something that works in our lives mm-hmm. as we're working with our family. Amen. You know, there's the wonderful quote by uh, 
John Paul too, that in, in his reflection on the Trinity, and mm-hmm. I think this was first given during a, in an address during a, I think it was a gathering in Central America somewhere, where he says, you know, uh, God in his deepest mystery, you know, is not some abstract formula, but he is family because he has fatherhood, sonship, and the essence of family, which is love. And I loved what you had mentioned there as it relates to you look at your child and you don't see the sin. You see them for who they are as a child of God. And how powerful is it that our love that we have for our children being put before God in prayer uh, and how it manifests itself uh, concretely in our everyday life. You know, we are given insight into what that Trinity looks like um, on the cross where he pours himself out what does he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If that can be our prayer uh, as, as fathers, Deacon Ray, we are well on our way. In many ways, you and Donna, your wife, have your own uh, St. Monica story. Um, and that I know for uh, many of our listeners out there, they are being called to enter into that great mystery of um, being a parent who is suffering. And what's beautiful about it is... God as Father knows what that looks like. And so we can entrust ourselves into that. And, and how important is it that we have that consolation? All the more uh, power we are given to pray more fervently, mm-hmm. uh, pray more ardently. You know, Deacon Ray, maybe with the remainder of our time, we can reflect a little bit more on this aspect of faith. What about the relationship between faith and understanding? I think uh, the way it... W- relates in a very specific way to our culture today and our society, we give it the word relativism. In other words, everything is relative, or the person who has a moral stand, it's, it's their moral stand. It's more individualistic. I think in a very powerful way, faith gives a father, gives a mother, gives a family. It gives a a stand in order to take a position on something. Mm. For example, uh, the kids would say, you guys are too strict. You know, other families are letting our, you know, my friends, their mom and dad, let them stay out all night. They don't care. We say, well, we do care. And right now it's just not proper that you do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. And that comes from, because society is so strong pushing today in these directions of let the kids do what they want, and we, inside as parents, we really don't want that. But unless we have something to stand upon, not like a dictator, and I think this is where faith can go awry if there isn't charity in the household. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then the father becomes a dictator, and that doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. But when charity is present, the father and with the mother's support and both will stand upon the principles they believe to be best, and they will do it in charity. And what that means is they'll suffer with it. But the whole sense of faith is turning to God on a continual basis, on a regular basis, realizing, Lord, I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. I sometimes say my daughter Shelly, who... We were very close today. Mm-hmm. I never knew how to pray until Shelley turned 16, and I had been praying for years. I never knew the suffering of prayer mm-hmm. until our daughter, who was very strong-headed like her dad, turned 16 and mm-hmm. started doing things on her own. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's that connection with our Father in heaven, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, asking our Holy Mother's intercession with prayer that always has faith as its background. It helps us to flow towards God with the gift of faith and never to give up on him, no matter how difficult it gets, to trust in his ability to straighten things out. Fathers and men have a sense that they can fix things. They can straighten things out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in families we can't fix and Mm. straighten out. Mm. So, But we can go to our Father in heaven who has the ability to transform in ways that we would never know if we didn't seek his help, his grace in these situations. So I think faith is really keeping that channel open in a very life-giving way to God who has put us here and enabled us to have these children and helps us to see that they are gifts to us. Even when we get frustrated and angry, they're still gifts to us. Faith is the tool, faith is the means, is the blessing, is the grace that enables us to do that. And out of faith flow charity and love Mm -hmm. in, in powerful ways. Amen. Yeah, as you talk about charity there, Deacon Ray, one of the things I think about is in charity, I think what happens is our children draw closer to us. So then we don't have to yell. We don't have to scream because they're right next to us. Mm-hmm. But in the absence of charity, we create this gap or chasm where we suddenly are needing to yell and scream. You know, And so certainly as fathers, we again are made to see the importance and the priority of love. Yes. And if there's anything that is a touchstone to our current Holy Father, Pope Francis, is that love steers and guides everything that he does. And so uh, he doesn't have to yell and scream. He just offers his sound bites because people are drawing close to him. And in their own charism, certainly Benedict XVI and John Paul II did this as well. But it's so important as we were talking about this to embrace this for what it is, because this is um, very concrete. And what we are talking about right now, Deacon Ray, is the stuff of, you know, what's going on inside homes each and every day. Out from faith, yeah, we can better understand and appreciate the need to, to let go of ourselves. When we have children, we slowly begin to appreciate that there's so much more out there. And that's the, the beauty and the gift of, of children. And one thing I wanted to bring up about charity that my wife has been such a blessing to me is I see charity flowing through her. Mm. She has taught me how to love. Mm. There's a, old, there's a passage in the Old Testament that says, so that the mother can bring the father and the children back together. So mm-hmm. I can't, but she has shown me love. She has shown me God's charity. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shows me in powerful ways, but it's the most powerful way that has come to me is through her. Mm-hmm. So I see his love coming through her mm-hmm. into our family. And so I embrace that. And she Amen. says, she sees the faith coming through me into the family. I mean, we both contribute. Sure, of course. But, yeah. we see, but I see that flowing through her. Mm. And that's what really helps me mm. not to go off and think I have all the answers or because I'm the dad or yeah. you know, any of these types of situations. It's when we are working together mm. in our sacrament, in our love for one another, whether it's in suffering, whether it's in joy, that God is really present there. Yeah, that's a powerful image, Deacon Ray. I mean, Christ is is the giver of faith, and the, the church, his bride, receives that faith 
and, and bears witness to that faith in truth and love. So certainly you can see how the family there is, is an icon of, of uh, the divine family and the relationship between Christ and his church. Anyhow, that's a wrap, uh, Deacon Ray. Great program. Thanks again for the gift of your time. I know all of our listeners um, very much appreciate your wisdom. Let us close in a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.